Of course, today we uh, celebrate uh, the Lord's uh, Supper, and what better way to enter the new year than to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. And uh, I do not desire to uh, share a message this morning, but what I would like to do uh, prior to going into the Lord's Supper is just to uh, introduce you uh, to what will be the new sermon series going into the uh, new year and uh, just laying that uh, foundation. And uh, let me just begin with just a little personal testimony and expressing my appreciation to the church family that will tie into the sermon series. You know, uh, Kathy and I and our family have been here at Edgewood now for uh, over uh, 40 years. Uh, We came to the church in 1977. Uh, I was 25 years old. It's hard to believe. Looking back that, that far, we uh, only had two of our ten children at that time, uh, Jonathan, our oldest, and, of course, uh, Christy. And uh, to Jonathan's embarrassment, uh, of course, you know, he's the uh, minister of education here at the church. And uh, he is aware that uh, many of you sitting here actually changed his diapers back uh, years ago. And he has to live with that uh, reality. Uh, but the thing that I want to say is, is thank you. Uh, Thank you for loving me. Uh, Thank you for loving my family uh, so unconditionally. You know, I think back when I came those many, many years ago, uh, I was very, very, and I'm not trying to say I've arrived any means now, uh, but uh, I was very deficient in my uh, relational skills in many, many ways, Uh, yet you just embraced me, good, bad, and the ugly, and uh, and loved me and uh, loved my uh, family. And you know, uh, the one thing that, two, two things struck me about the church when I came in 1977. And it's these two things that continue uh, to impact me. And I say this in appreciation of this church family and affirming you. And the, and the first was uh, a very deliberate and intentional commitment to make the Word of God central everything that we are, and to everything that we do. And again, not that we've always been able to do that perfectly, uh, but there's always, uh, not just with the leadership, but to those sitting in the pew, uh, there's been a heart who's, who, that, that is very passionate about making the Word of God central to everything that we do. But then the other thing was, and the two are connected, with that focus to see how the Word of God, uh, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our church, uh, grows us in the character of Christ. Uh, And especially in loving one another. And that's the second thing that's always impressed me about this church family. Your love for one another. It just blows me away continually. Even to this day as your pastor, I've never taken this for granted. I've always appreciated it. Uh, As pastor of the church, I know a lot that happens that many of you do not know. And I can tell you that every day of the year, I'm talking about not just Sunday, but 365 days of a year, there are so many expressions of love that... um, or displayed through this church family uh, to one another and others. Uh, acts of love that uh, you will never hear about, you may never see, 
but, but people are engaged in that. And it's just been a, a joy to my heart. I can't express the joy of, uh, that's in my heart uh, to see those two things, that centrality of God's Word, but not just in an intellectual, academic, cold approach, but then that word producing Christ's character. And, and, and demonstrating the authenticity of that through your love for one another. And that, that sort of brings me to what I believe God has led me uh, into for our next uh, sermon series. And let me re- read the verse that really prompted this sermon series. It's in uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter uh, 4. You don't have to turn there. I'll be glad to read it. You're welcome to, though. But 1 Thessalonians 4... Verses 9 and 10 read, now as to the love, and, and, and let me read this, uh, not repeating Paul's word, but reading this to you as a church family. Now as to the love of the brethren, you, as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, for indeed you do practice uh, Love toward all the brethren. But he says, then brethren, excel still more. That phrase caught me. You know, as I was reflecting on your love, uh, thanking God for the love of God expressed in this body to one another, that phrase, excel still more. You can never say in the Christian life you have what? Arrived. Uh, There's always a greater growth. And so, uh, uh, I believe God has led me uh, to share a sermon series on excelling in our love for one another. And, uh, and I trust as we walk through this series, it will provide me an opportunity to further express my appreciation and my affirmation for the church family, but then also to challenge you uh, to go further in expressing that love, to be more consistent, to go deeper, to abound in it. Matter of fact, in the third chapter of 1 Thessalonians, uh, Paul prays a, a wonderful little prayer that uh, reinforces that very thing. In verse 12, he says, And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another. In other words, I, w- I want it to just continue to increase, for you to superabound uh, in your love for one another and for all men, uh, just as we also do for you, in order that you may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness uh, before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of his saints. And notice the connection between loving one another and the holiness of God. Uh, that, uh, that love is really an expression of the holiness of God because where God is present, there is love. And when we allow God uh, to be present in our lives, and we surrender that our lives to Him, give Him the freedom to lead, to guide us, uh, we're going to see many, many expressions of love. And then just let me reinforce this with one other prayer of the Apostle Paul in the uh, book of Philippians that uh, drives his same thought uh, home. In uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, he reads, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things which are excellent. And remember 1 Corinthians, he says, now Paul said, let me show you a more excellent way. And what was that excellent way? Love, that wonderful love 
chapter. He says, in order that, and notice the similarity to the First Thessalonians prayer, in order that you be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruits of righteousness which comes from Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And of course, as we talk about learning to love one another, that can only be affected by what? God's presence uh, in us. Uh, as believers, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit comes to what? Dwell within you. We are His temple. Uh, Romans says, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. And again, it's just as simple as uh, the greater we surrender our lives to Him, the more we're going to see that love flowing in and through us and out uh, to, uh, to one another. So, that's going to be the sermon series uh, going into this new year, excelling in our love for one another. And what I'm going to do in this series is focus on the one another passages in the New Testament. And I've selected 31 of those. Not that there's necessarily going to be 31 messages. Some of these I'll be able to uh, combine. But let me just, let me just uh, walk through these with you. Uh, this, this is every one of them. I'll be able to do this very, very quickly uh, but uh, being able to just read all of them in succession, uh, there's just a, a power in that. Uh, in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 12, verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. In that same verse, give preference to one another. In other words, put others first. In verse 16, be of the same mind towards one another. The thought there is to be uh, impartial in our love towards one, one another, without prejudice, not showing favoritism. Uh, verse 13, or chapter 14, verse 13, let us not judge one another. In other words, we should not denounce or condemn one another in the body of Christ, but we should do everything what? To help one another. Now, that doesn't mean we don't correct one another at times, but again, the motive is not to denounce, and the motive is not to condemn, but it's what? To lift up, uh, to help um, a brother or sister in Jesus. In chapter 14, verse 19, pursue the things which make for peace, building up one another. We're not to build walls, we're to what? Build bridges to one another. As believers, above all others, we should be known as peacemakers. Chapter 15, verse 7, accept one another. And of course, we're to accept one another as what? Christ accepted us. And how did He accept us? Unconditionally. Just like I mentioned, you accepted me uh, those many, many years ago, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, uh, and showed me that uh, wonderful kindness and, and affection. And then in uh, chapter 15, verse 14, admonish one another. That means to come alongside one another for the purpose to encourage one another, when necessary to warn one another, to advise one another. And then when you go to 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 12, verse 25, care for one another. The book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 13, serve one another. Uh, chapter 6, verse 1, restore one another. In other words, uh, we're not perfect. Uh, we do fall into sin. We do get tripped up. And in times like that, we're not to pounce on one another, but we're to have a what? Healing ministry uh, to restore. Uh, verse 2, to bear one another's burdens. Uh, we're to get up when a brother's in difficulty. We're to get up under that burden and help him or her shoulder that. And then when you go to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, show patience to one another. Be kind to one another. 
Chapter 5, be subject to one another. And then in the book of Philippians, regard one another more important than yourself. The book of Colossians, chapter 3, there's several. Do not lie to one another. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Teach and admonish one another. Uh, 1 Thessalonians, uh, we've already seen some of these. Chapter 3, increase and abound in love for one another. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 18, comfort one another. Chapter 5, verse 13, live in peace with one another. Then when you go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, encourage one another. Chapter 10, stimulate one another to love and good deeds. The book of James, do not slander one another. Do not complain against one another. Pray for one another. 1 Peter, um, in chapter 1, it says, fervently love one another from the heart. This is another little phrase that really captures what I trust will be the uh, thrust, the heart of this sermon series. That could literally be translated this way, stretch out to the limits of love for one another. That's what we're ever, stretch out to the limits of love for one another. Again, excelling uh, in our love for one another. Uh, Chapter 4, offer hospitality to one another. Man, how... That's demonstrated in so many ways in this church family. Chapter 5, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. And then uh, 1 John, fellowship with one another. So I I ask you to begin praying now as we uh, enter this uh, new sermon series. I trust it will be very, very uh, practical, uh, that it will not only be uh, challenging and encouraging and affirming and uh, done in a way to express appreciation, but also will give you many practical ways to demonstrate these uh, various aspects of love uh, to to one another. And then, just to make the transition into the Lord's Supper, let me just read uh, several verses out of John chapter 13. John chapter 13 is uh, John's record of the the last Passover that Jesus and his uh, disciples uh, shared together. And this is where Jesus, of course, instituted the ordinance of the last uh, of of communion uh, for the church going forward. And uh, they've just celebrated that uh, Passover. And if you're familiar with the context, uh, the disciples begin what? Do you remember? They begin arguing among one another that who's the greatest? In other words, they're not being very loving at this point. They're, 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 every one of them is wanting the uh, uh, place of prominence uh, next to Jesus. They want to, uh, you know, I don't want to be too rough on the disciples because they left everything to follow him. And they had a sincere, deep love for Jesus. But although they wanted to be near Jesus, they wanted everyone else to notice it as well. And they, they wanted to have a special place. Uh, they, there was too much of that uh, wanting the applause uh, of men and, and, no, and having a, a special recognition. And so they're arguing among themselves. And, uh, and Jesus, and, and just think about from Christ's perspective. He's just instituted the Lord's Supper that is about his death, burial, and resurrection. It went right over their heads. They didn't even make the connection of what, he, what was about to happen in terms of his crucifixion on, on the cross. He, Christ is in agony realizing he's about to be the sin bearer uh, for uh, mankind. Uh, and as being the sin bearer, he's going to suffer the full fury of his father's wrath 
to pay penalty for that sin. And so here he is in, in agony of emotionally struggling with that. And what are his men doing? Arguing about who's the greatest. And he listens to this for a while. And he, he doesn't say anything. He just stands up. And you remember what he did? He walked over and he, what did he get? Huh? He got a, a basin and he got a towel. There it is right there. The basin and the towel and the thing of what? And he began to what? Wash the disciples' feet. Now, my purpose is not to, to preach a message on that, but you're familiar with the story. I want to share with you what Jesus said after he washed the disciples' feet. He turned to them and he said, do you know what I've just done to you? Do you really know? Do you really understand? He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, neither is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. And Again, it just emphasizes the importance that the way we demonstrate the authenticity of our Christianity is by our love for one another. One other passage before we go into the Lord's Supper. First uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. You all know John 3.16, but you should also memorize 1 John 3.16, where the Apostle John wrote, We know love by this, that He, Jesus, laid down His life for us, and we ought, therefore, to, you would think it would say, lay down our lives for what? Him. You know, He laid down His life for us, well, then we ought to lay down our lives for Him. But if you're familiar with the verse, it doesn't read that way. We know love by this, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. For one another. In other words, what, what Jesus is saying is, you love me? Demonstrate that love by loving those who I love. By loving those who I laid down my life for to win as my bride. To adopt into God's family. Uh, to be his child. Uh, to be loved forever. That's how I want you to express your faith and your love uh, for me. Is in your love for one another. And then when we do go to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, where Paul uh, establishes uh, the Lord's Supper for the church, uh, these are the words that we read, and with this we'll make the transition into the Lord's Supper. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took he says, the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, 
This is my body, which is, and I've shared with you many, many times before. To me, these are two of the most precious words in the entire Bible. This is my body, which is for you. In other words, everything Jesus did, he did for what? You. Why did he leave heaven to come to this sin-cursed world? For you. Why did he live a sinless life, remaining forever obedient and faithful to his Father? For you. Why did he go to the cross? For you. To pay the penalty of your sin. Why was he buried? For you. To bury your sins, to be remembered no more. Why did he rise again? For you. That you might know new life in Christ. Not only forgiveness, but his empowerment to not only be released from the penalty of sin, but to be released from the very power of sin to be able to walk in righteousness. Why is he returning? For you. Everything Jesus did, he did with you on his mind, you in his heart, for you. And again, tie that into this new sermon series. That's how we're to live. I'm not to live for me. That shouldn't be what should characterize my life. It's for me. It should be about what's for you. And how can I invest? How can I better your life? How can I aid you? How can I encourage you? How can I support you? How can I love you? And then he says, in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant that cost me my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So as we celebrate the Lord's Supper uh, today... As we uh, enter this new year, uh, let's not lose sight of the fact uh, that the cross has two beams. There is that vertical beam uh, that through faith in Christ, uh, in His death, burial, and resurrection, that uh, provides a bridge to the Father, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But when you place your faith in Him, uh, you're anchored uh, to Him. Uh, I love that phrase in the song that we sang, we have, what, an anchor for our soul within what? The veil. And that comes from the book of Hebrews. And when you place your faith in Jesus, you are anchored to Jesus, who's within that veil, in the very, very holy of holies, in the Father's presence, continually interceding uh, for you. And you can know that you are connected to Him by that love that will never fail you, that will never let you go, Uh, a love from which you can never be severed. You can never be uprooted from. It's just yours to know, yours to enjoy, yours to experience, and yours to share uh, with, with others. But notice there's also a horizontal beam. And as we become connected to Christ, as we know through that uh, un- being united with Christ, that flow of the Holy Spirit into our lives to flow out through us, horizontally, now we're to express that relationship We're to express our new life in Christ by loving others. He forgave me, so how can I not forgive you? He accepted me unconditionally, 
Again, good, bad, and ugly. How can I not accept you unconditionally? Good, bad, and ugly. And you can just go on and on. And so as we come, yes, we rejoice that through his death, he paid the penalty of our sin. And through his resurrection, uh, he has given us new life to all who put their faith in him. And we encourage you to come today to celebrate, uh, to rejoice as you remember his death, burial, and resurrection. As you look forward to that glorious hope that you have in the future when he will return and right every wrong. And when he will rule in perfect righteousness and justice and we will reign and rule with him. Amen. But let's also remember as we come that we're to celebrate one another. We're to celebrate this family that God has created. That we're one in his body, one in his family. And we are to love one another even as he uh, loved us. Would you bow with me in prayer? (coughs) Father, as we come to the Lord's table now, that which Jesus uh, instituted with his disciples on that last Passover that uh, he shared with them, Uh, Father, we come with hearts uh, rejoicing. Lord, we know that apart from Jesus Christ, that every one of us in this sanctuary, every human being ever born on planet earth, is depraved in our sin, uh, doomed uh, to eternal punishment, as our sin has separated us from you. But thank you that you loved us. And because you loved us, You provided a remedy. Because you loved us, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross as our substitute to pay for the penalty of our sin and to rise again in power and glory and authority to offer forgiveness, the removal of all guilt, cleansing from all unrighteousness to all who will put their faith in him. And through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, We have that wonderful joy of not only being delivered from the very penalty of sin, but the very power of sin as we learn to lean on you, as we learn to rest in the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And uh, and Lord, that would be our prayer Uh, in light of uh, the salvation that you have offered us. We would now surrender our lives to you as we enter this new year. And uh, in absolute surrender. And Holy Spirit, we do pray that you would truly possess every little crevice, every little room, every little closet, every aspect of our hearts and our lives. uh, And that you would uh, bring us under your total control and influence. And that the fruits of the Spirit would be reproduced in and through us. That others would find nourishment. And that we would love one another even as Christ uh, loved us. We acknowledge we only can do this uh, through you being that power at work in us. And so, Lord, we rest in you to accomplish that work uh, for your honor and your glory. Because Jesus said, by this all men will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. So, Lord, it's because we desire to demonstrate you to a lost world. 
to honor you, to glorify you, to exalt you, to magnify you, that we ask that you be that power at work in us, enabling us uh, to love one another. And we do pray your blessing on this new sermon series, that it would have a remarkable impact upon our hearts and our lives, uh, that we would have a fresh encounter with you, that we would know renewal, we would know revival, and that we would never be the same again as a result of your word and your spirit uh, moving in our hearts and our lives. So again, thank you for the body of Jesus uh, that was um, offered for us. Uh, Thank you for the blood of Christ uh, that was spilt there on Calvary's tree as you uh, wrote that new covenant, ensuring our pardon, ensuring a new heart, ensuring your presence with us. So Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, and we thank you that that goodness, that mercy... As a result of Christ's finished work, uh, will never uh, leave us, will always follow us. And uh, so thank you that faithful is he who calls us, who also will do it. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. I'll ask our uh, elders and uh, uh, deacons, uh, some of our staff guys, to go ahead and take their uh, places. I think most of you are familiar how we uh, serve the uh, uh, Lord's uh, Supper. Uh, that every section of pews has their uh, own spot right in front of your section. We ask you to come out the right side, then return the uh, left side. And, of course, at this point, they'll give you both the bread dipped in the juice, and you can partake right here and go back to your place. If we have individuals that uh, you find it difficult to make your way down to the front, uh, we have men right here that if you would just raise your hand... They will literally bring the elements to you and serve that uh, to you as well. Uh, So right now, let's uh, enter a time of uh, celebration. And so you come and let's rejoice in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. Rejoice in His love, but also come uh, with that surrender, Lord, use me uh, to love others even as you loved me. Amen? Amen. So rejoice now and celebrate. Father, we do thank you. that the darling of heaven was scourged, whipped, beaten, spit on, considered the scum of the earth, was nailed on Calvary's tree, spilled his blood there in agony, Suffering torture beyond anything we can imagine. And thank you that he did all that for me, for us. Such love is literally beyond our comprehension. Yet through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have poured that love into our hearts. And we trust through the power of the Holy Spirit you would provide us the energy, the motivation uh, to live our lives in honor of Christ for who He is and what He accomplished uh, for us. That you would uh, empower us to love Him as He ought to be loved. To 
provide him a holy habitation where he could have his way and where he could have his will. And we would provide him a body, a body of believers through which he could extend his presence even this day on planet earth and express his character to execute his will to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ by living that gospel, by sharing that gospel, that others would be drawn to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, it is on the basis of that blood and the assurance that we have through that blood that we do confidently come into your presence, and we boldly ask you that uh, 2018 would be a, uh, a year of great blessing for the Edgewood family. And when we say blessing, Lord, we're not so much asking for that which is convenient for us or pleasant for us, but it would be a time of great growth. And uh, Lord, whatever is needed to bring that growth, uh, we uh, give you the freedom uh, to arrange the affairs of our lives, to arrange the affairs of this church in the way that you deem best uh, to accomplish your plans and your purposes. Uh, Lord, you know if we are left to ourselves Uh, we would easily fall into complacency and apathy. We would become satisfied with way too little. Uh, So, Lord, we need your prodding. We need your working. We need your chastening, your correcting. Uh, We need your teaching, your encouraging. Uh, We need the support of one another. Uh, Lord, we cannot do it alone. We uh, recognize that, and that's why you created a family uh, that we could be a part of, where we could belong to where we could receive the encouragement and support that we need. So, Lord, we pray you would, as we uh, plunge into the depths of your love, that you would then raise us up to be instruments to promote and spread that love uh, through the body of Christ uh, by loving one another. And then that love would spill over onto a lost world, uh, that many would be brought uh, to the saving knowledge of Christ. So, Lord, I pray uh, that in 2018, for your glory, for your honor, that you would renew us as a church family, revive us as a church family, and again, bless us to uh, be uh, a blessing that Christ would be uh, further formed in us to be displayed uh, through us. For it's in his name we do pray. Amen. Amen. It's our tradition here at Edgewood, uh, when we close a, a Lord's Supper service, we give opportunity for the church family Uh, to love one another, to minister to one another, to express appreciation or to encourage one another or to pray for one another. We believe this is a very, very important element of the Lord's Supper. Uh, I would ask you uh, not to uh, uh, leave until uh, we do dismiss, which will be just in a a few minutes. Uh, uh, But we do give you now the opportunity to stand, to move about, uh, to express your love to one another. You may want to remain right where you are And just continue to worship God, uh, continue to uh, thank Him for His death, burial, and resurrection, what that that has meant to your life. And then during this time, I will remain right here. Uh, This will serve as our invitation. If anyone has a desire to come forward to make a public profession of faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or uh, you're desiring to become a part of this church family, we would invite you to come forward now and indicate that to me, or if you have any prayer need. We have uh, our elders, deacons here. Any of these men would be glad to pray uh, with you, to pray uh, for you. So uh, right now, let me give you the freedom to uh, move about and to uh, love one another as a family of God. And we'll be uh, closing the service out in just about three or four minutes.